Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's Mike. It's confession. Uh, I put my mic on while Jonathan was talking, so that's part of what happened. So uh, my apologies. Uh, it's all me, Jonathan. Um, as Jonathan said, it's good for me to be here. Uh, I think I preached here about a couple of months ago, but I really enjoy being at Midtown, uh, especially while Pastor Jade and Pastor Christie is on vacation. Uh, they needed it. And I wish, we wish them a good time in California. May they come back tanned and brown and rested, um, ready to continue the work of the Lord. Um, I owe, currently oversee uh, outreach uh, with Pastor Christie, global-wise, uh, from north as well as uh, benevolence, and then also just local outreach and what we call guest relations at north. Uh, we moved here about four years ago from uh, Southern California, that's uh, where our accents are from. And, uh, <laughs> a little, it's a little bit more south from South Africa. And uh, we arrived here on the 1st of March, 2018. Uh, and I remember my kids were still till 13 and 14 uh, when we got here. And now both of them will be in college this August. So it's, we're getting old officially. And uh, looking forward just to a new and great season for me and my wife as well. This is my wife. Uh, she's in front here. Uh, she's also from Africa. I'm the husband of one wife, and if you're from Africa, you need to just make sure people understand that. <laughs> um, there's a couple of people today, too, that I'm excited to join on a trip to Africa. So uh, the first week, uh, second week in, in October, we'll be going to South Africa. We'll be building some churches, and we'll also be working with the Down Syndrome kids in, Af in South Africa specifically. And uh, as you know, there's really no good system for any special needs kid in South Africa. Uh, if you have special needs, you're pretty much placed in a specific school and all special needs are just flung together. And uh, a lot of uh, Down syndrome kids are highly functional. And uh, so there's a lady, uh, her kid had Down syndrome and realized that, that there's not much she can do if she goes into the normal system. So she started a school for Down syndrome kids and there's currently about 90 Down syndrome kids in the school which we actively support uh, every month so we're going to join them. October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. So we'll be there with them and just to create an awareness of, of Down Syndrome kids and how we can work with them and serve them well. And then we're going to build three churches in three days. Uh, if you want to know how that can happen, come and talk to me afterwards. Uh, we won't do the whole thing, but uh, we're going to do a big chunk of it. And it's already established churches, uh, which currently they do church in a tent. And after a while where we see it is an established church, we have the ability to build a church for them, and they can have a formal structure. Don't, don't see this necessarily, uh, but it will be a roof and bricks and a, a, a fixed structure for them. So looking forward to, to the trip uh, as we go on. As just part of who I am and as part of, let's call it in my job or my passion, I want to stay within my lane. So I've decided to title my message this morning, The Church on Mission. So we will speak this morning about the church on mission. Why is it important for the church to be on mission? Now, I am not a very detailed guy. Ask, ask my wife. Uh, the devil is in the details, so I stay away. Um, I, I really like the big picture. Uh, I like to see the overarching picture. So I don't really understand Revelation. I know there's dragons, and I know there's kings, and I do know... We're going to go up or down at some point, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation. So I'm not sure about the details, but, but this is what I'm sure of. 
Jesus is coming back. In the meantime, we have an assignment. And the assignment has a deadline. The assignment has a deadline. Because Jesus is coming back. And because of those three reasons, I think it's imperative for us to understand our assignment while we are here. Because, ladies and gentlemen, time is running out. We cannot afford not to be intentional with the assignment the church, that God has given the church. We do not have the luxury to just go through life. There is a definite task and a definite place which he left us with and said, do this until I come back. And we need to understand our assignment. We need to be attentional about our assignment. Because if we do not do our assignment well as the church, people will suffer. There is heaven and there is hell. There is eternity. And what you do on a daily basis will determine some of that outcome. Now, I don't want to burden you. I don't want to throw guilt at you. But I want you to pick up your responsibility as the church and do our assignment well. So this morning we're going to speak about that assignment. And if you have your Bible or your phone here, let's turn to Luke 19. And we're going to read from verses 12 to 15. And and, then Jesus gives us a parable here. And he gives us a little picture of what this assignment should look like. He tells us that he's coming back. He tells us there's an assignment. And he also tells us there's a deadline. So let's read through this. And we'll unpack this a little further this morning. Luke 19, verse 12 to 15, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Does that sound familiar if you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke? Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I'm gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want you to be our king. After he was was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money, and he wanted to find out what their profits were. Interesting picture. And I see so much similarities, not just for the story, but to the real life of Jesus. Where Jesus came as the king. He was not accepted by the majority. He went away, and the last part of the story we're still waiting for. That he's going to come back. But then he has given us something to do. In this portion of scripture, he's given a very clear task and a very clear assignment to these 10 bondservants. To say, this is what you need to do when I come back. And there was consequences where the assignment wasn't fulfilled. I want to take a little segue here. And I want to speak to the business people and people that find themselves within the marketplace. If you look at the last sentence where it says, he wanted to find out what the profits were. There is a very interesting word that's being used there. The Greek word here is dipragmatiumai. Now, if you say that three times and clap your heels three times, lots of great things will happen. But here's what it means. It means to undertake a business for the sake of gain. To undertake a business for the sake of gain. Here's our reality. The majority of you will never be in full-time ministry. And that's the way it's supposed to be. 
You're not supposed to be a pastor. You're not supposed to be in full-time ministry. You're supposed to function within the marketplace. So if you own a business or you work within a business and you are required to make profit, making profit according to this scripture is super godly. Because good business is such a testimony today that we cannot deny the voice and the platform that you will have by doing good business. I have noticed when Elon Musk tweets, people do things. Now, I have tried it too. I've tweeted, and I don't even get three likes on it. Financial success and business creates a platform and a voice that you can have in your city that nobody else can have. Do you know how many people will come to your business in a week that might never show up in a church? What about your debtors, your creditors, your, your clients, your customers? You are, you're, you're exposed to more people than probably that I am. I love what I do, but I'm in an office with the same 10 Christians, which Jess and a part of them, you're a Christian. <laughs> with the same people in my office, and, and that's, that's just my requirement. But you have the possibility to meet so many people. So as a business person, I really want you this morning not to underestimate this word. I want to challenge you to go and think upon this word, that your work is your worship. And for me, it's very unfortunate when we bracket spiritual exercises just to prayer and Bible reading and scripture. By doing good business and doing business well, ethically and in character, you're actually doing worship. If I read in the Old Testament how God anointed people and anointed their hands to do physical work to build the temple, it was worship. I really, when I prepared this for this, for this morning, I felt there's people going to be in this room that saying, Lord, I wish one day I can just finish my work and finish my business so that I can work for you. I want to challenge you to find your ministry within your business. I want to challenge you not to desire to be so out there that you miss the opportunity in the places that the Lord has for you in this moment. But let's get back to the story. What is our assignment? Our assignment is very clear. Matthew 28. Go and make disciples. If you go a little bit further to Acts 1 verse 8, and, and we sang a little bit of the song this morning, Acts 1 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Mm-hmm. In Jerusalem, through Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So how do we execute this assignment? How do we do what the Lord told us in, in Matthew 28, And in Acts 1 with 8, how do we as a church, if we say the church is on mission, what would that look like and how do we practically do it? I think there's another great picture in Ephesians 4 from verse 15 to 16. It tells us here that rather let our lives lovingly express truth. And I'm reading from the Amplified, so I'm not adding words by myself, but the Amplified explains some of these concepts better. So, Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, and living truly. Enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head. Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. For because of him, the whole body, the church, 
in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knitted together by joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. What a great picture of the church. And what I like about this picture is every time we look at somebody, we can have this picture of how the church should function. God is the head and we are the body. And what's even more important for us to remember that if you were to leave this building this morning, the church just left this building. Because this building isn't the church. You are the church. In fact, this building was something else before they made it this building. That when we go out, we need to realize, like in any other place, if you remove the people, you remove the noun. That if we say, let's go to church, it doesn't really work because you are the church. And wherever you go and whatever you do, you will take the church with you. So if we look at the church, we need to realize that we are the church. When I speak to some of my African friends, they will say, yeah, we have 60 churches. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, what a great infrastructure. And then, then I realize they meet under trees. They have 60 churches. They have 60 trees where they meet under with about 40 to 50 people under each tree. That's a three and a half thousand church. But they meet under trees because why? The building is in the church. The tree is in the church. It's the 30 or the 40 people that come together that is the church. And I think it's unfortunate that, that we many times we do not represent church well. Because when people look at people, I think they sometimes get disappointed. And they don't want to come to church because they say, if that is the church, I don't want anything to do with church. But if we want to be the church on mission, we need to represent what church represents well. And in order for us to do that, we need to represent the head very well. Because God is the head. So God has figured all of this out. When we say we need to be on mission and God is the head, I want us to realize that God has a blueprint for our city, for what discipleship should look like, for how we engage with people. We don't really need to come up with new stuff, but if we can just focus on what He tells us to do and how He tells us to do it, we'll do very well. I remember moving here from Africa. I, I did not have a Colorado Springs context. In fact, I really didn't know where Colorado Springs was. I didn't know Colorado or Rocky Mountains or New Life Church. So when I came here, I said, Lord, help me to hear your voice very well. Because what I don't want to do is bring my South African context and just think this is what it's going to be like or should look like. So I remember in the first six months, um, I was commuting from South Africa to uh, America just to build some relationships every two weeks. Great for my mileage, uh, very bad on my sleeping patterns. Uh, but I was on I-25, and um, somebody phoned me, phoned me. And I picked up the phone, and it was Chaplain Rick Edwards from Trinidad Correctional Facility. And he said, hi, I heard you're going to become the pastor of outreach. Uh, I have a parolee that's coming out of Trinidad, is paroling into Colorado Springs. Does New Life have anything for parolees? sorry we don't because we didn't i was still on i-25 maybe 10 minutes later i receive another phone call gary skinner gary skinner says hi i heard that you're new in town 
and you're going to take care of outreach for, for New Life Church, I help to start prison ministries. If you ever would like a prison ministry, let me know. I'm, I'll be more than happy to assist. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't take rocket science for me to believe that God is wanting us as New Life Church to be somewhat involved in prison ministry. So the next Monday, I have Gary Skinner, and I have Chaplain Rick in my office, and we're like, let's talk about it. Let's see what this looked like. From there, that developed into us going down to Trinidad facility uh, about every two months, visiting with the people in the inside. From there, we noticed that a lot of, of um, ministry is only towards the prisoners and not to the employees. So we started a DOC appreciation dinner. And two years before COVID, we had 150 people there. The year before COVID, we had 240 people there. I had a director of the DOC call me and say, why is 250 of my staff members at your church? What's going on? We told him he got invited. During COVID, they let us make care packages for some of the prisoners. We were able to take it down. Uh, in December, we ordered gifts for uh, the DOC staff members down in Colorado Springs. It came late. We couldn't de deliver it. So we made care packages out of that in the beginning of the year. And Jackie Lockridge, Pastor Jackie Lockridge, our pastor of local outreach, she went and delivered it. And when she got there, they said, no, you just take it to every, every office. You can hand deliver it to every office, which she did. About three weeks ago, they contacted us again and said, we really want to take care of our 6,000 employees. We're developing an app where they can click on spiritual care, all kinds of care. Will New Life add about 10 pastors to that list so that the 6,000 DOC employees have an option to click on a pastor's face and we'll be able to give spiritual care to them? Wow. Isn't God just amazing? Wow. By following his blueprint, he is the head. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what to do. He knows where to do it. All that we as the body need to do is to hear his voice very clear. Another portion of the scripture says we are various parts of this body. Now, not all body parts are created equally. A liver is a very ugly organ, but you don't want to live without it. And when I look at us in this room, we need to understand that God tells us very clear in scripture that all of us were created in his image. That when I look at brother Jonathan, I see a part of Jesus. I see a part of God. When I look at my wife, I see a part, of God, a part of God. When I look at each one of us, you represent a piece of the image of Jesus Christ. That's why we, can, we always need to respect each other for the God that's inside of them. For the image that they ref reflect of who God is. So we need to value each other because, you know, without you, we will not be able to do this assignment. Without your skills and your talents, we will not be able to fulfill the great commission that God has given us. By loving and valuing the differences in other people, you are loving and valuing the different facets of God. Another portion in the scripture says, we need to be closely joined and firmly knit together. And I think there's a, a piece that as the church, if we want to be on mission, that we miss. It's almost like, oh, you're the hand and you're the feet, but, but please let us not come together. Can all the feet stay there and all the hands stay there? 
Have you ever tried working with a dislocated joint? <laughs> Have you ever had a ligament that was kind of a little bit off? Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot have our limbs all over there. We need to be knitted together. Proximity is important. When we come together, that is exactly where God wants us. This is part of the problem with an organ transplant. Is when a new organ is planted into a person, it's being rejected because it's not being recognized as one of me. And I think that's exactly the opposite of what God wants this church to be. Is that everybody has a place. That God created this big body, big seed church, and, and all of us has a certain function and a certain place to be. And who are we to say, but you don't look like I look. You don't think the way I think. You don't vote the way I would vote. So therefore, I will reject this piece of the body. Wow. That if we want to truly function and fulfill our assignment, we need to be a body complete. It's very interesting in John 13, verse 33, and it's all part of Jesus giving some assignment and some last words to his disciples before he goes to heaven. He says, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I think it's interesting that, that we can easily speak about go and make disciples. That's part of God's last words. Go and tell them about my love. Eight, Acts 1 verse 8. Be a testimony. But there's a third piece where Jesus spoke in the same context when he left. And he said, go and love one another. And I think sometimes that's the missing piece. Because we, we focus so out there that we do not focus in here. That we love out there, but we do not love in here. And I think we're stifling our ability to disciple well. Because scripture tells us, they will know that you are my disciples by loving each other. So if we don't love each other, it's going to be very difficult to make disciples out there. Because when they look unto us, they're going to either see I want it or I do not want it. And the better we can love each other, the better we can firmly be knit together and our ligaments as one body and they see us as one. And I think that God is so clear on unity. Because a body without unity is a body without limbs. It cannot function. When we function in unity, when we recognize the differences and we're okay with it, but we can still function as one body, I do believe that, that our effectiveness in making disciples will increase. But how do we love? How do we love well? Maybe you say, Melted, sounds good. But how do we measure love? I have good news for you. We actually have a checklist in 1 Corinthians 10. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous, nor boastful, or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. 
never loses faith. He's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. Here's about 10 things that you can measure yourself. Are you being patient? Are you being kind? Just those two things. Let's just skip the rest. <laughs> what if we just practice patience and kindness to every person you meet? The person in Walmart, the teller, the cashier, the person that drives in front of you on I-25, <laughs> the person that votes different than you, that have a different opinion than you have. If we, I'm not saying agree with them. I'm just saying, can you be patient and can you be kind? It's kind of the starting point for love. So let's start by loving well. Let's start by loving well because we have a very clear assignment. It says, if you love one another well, they will see that we are his disciples. Mm -hmm. The last portion in, in, in Ephesians says, when each part is working properly in all its functions. Your individual optimal functioning will influence the way the church does its mission. Think of Nehemiah. The walls wasn't rebuilt for literally decades. And then Nehemiah went, and you can read about that. But the way they rebuilt the walls was he gave a little piece to a person who had a building tool. I don't know what you call it. A sword. But he was responsible for the little piece. But by every person being responsible for its little piece... The wall was actually built in 60 days. The assignment was completed and finished in a record time. That which could not have been done over decades because each person functioned on the little piece. In outreach, I realized we can easily become overwhelmed with the injustice of this world. Of the injustices just in our city. But we're not called to rescue the world. We're not called to be everything to everybody. You are called to a specific place in a specific season for a specific task. And if each of us will do our specific task our specific, in our specific place, this wall can be built in a record time. So I want to encourage you to think of four C's. Number one, think of your circle of influence. Think of your family, your kids, your wife, your friends, the place that you work. Because most probably that's your assignment. Think of the community where God has placed you in. Maybe you're a soccer mom or a football dad. It's a community that the Lord has placed you in. God has placed you in a specific city. You're not living in Africa at the moment. You're living in Colorado Springs and you're in Midtown. God has designed this for you. And then you're in a specific church. And you can easily do the math. It's very interesting math. There's about 10,000 cities throughout the world, if you take a certain definition, about 7 billion people. Now, the way you work out probability is you take 1 over 7 billion times the chances that you find yourself in this city, 1 over 10,000, and then you can take even the number of homes that is in Colorado Springs, and I don't have that number. 1 over X equals a number is going to have a ton of zeros in front of it. <laughs> it's going to be like 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, to the power of I don't even know whatever. Your calculator might not be able to do it. 
Do you think if the chances of you as an individual out of all the cities in the world, out of all the people in the world, out of all the neighborhoods in the world, that you'll find yourself in this space and in this time, that it was by chance? It was by design. If your chances are so low, it must be by design. You are in a place where God wants you to be. You're in a place where God, in His grand scheme of plan, said, I want Jonathan, I want Erica, I want Jess, I want Mary, I want them to be on earth in this season for this time. What is their circle of influence? What is their city? What is their community? Because if they do their assignment well, and other people in Africa and Europe and the rest of America do their assignment well, we can build this wall in 60 days, and we can make disciples of all nations, as he told us, and then our church will be on mission. I saw this practically, and, and Lauren alluded to this, in uh, the back-to-school fiesta yesterday. Uh, we form a collab, so once a month, the different pastors of outreach get together, and we're like, what, what can we do together? And Yolanda from New Haver Vida said, well, we're going to do this, the backpack fiesta, not backpack, back-to-school fiesta. Is this something we can do together? But I remember, as Yolanda told us about the vision of, of giving... Um, um, shoes and, and haircuts and food to everybody, how she was crying. And I realized in that moment, Yolanda was the heart of God. She carried the passion, his passion. I hear other things that, that drive myself either totally mad, because if I see injustice, there's a, 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 a rising up in me that I cannot always take, or I cry. That's my two, two sides. But in certain instances, I carry the heart of Christ. You carry the heart of Christ. Watch those things inside of your heart that you say, this needs to change. Because that's most probably the place where God wants you to be. And then yesterday, just looking at, at the day, just the different people. They, they were people running around just giving waters up. Then we had this one lady, I was in the shoe tent, so they would tell us, you know, here's the size, they would tell somebody else, and we'll go. There were 750 boxes of shoes. So we had to go and grab the right sizes. The lady next to me, I don't know if you're familiar with Pac-Man, the game. She was Mrs. Pac-Man on steroids. <laughs> if they said number two, she was... <laughs> going. She, she did in 10 seconds what I couldn't do in three minutes. And you know, when I looked at her, I thought, that's the feet of Jesus. She's on top of it. She does it. Then next to me was another lady that said, you know what? I'm military and a teacher, and I really think next year the line should be like this. And registration should be over there. Because if we do it like this, it will be more effective. And I realized there's another part of Jesus. A gift set that she's bringing to the table to say, how can we even better serve? And I think if we come to a place where we say, Lord, help me to understand who you made me to be. Help me to be intentional with my circle of influence, my city, my house, my place. Let me become the person you created me to be. If it's in business, be the best business person you can. If you're a nurse, be the best nurse you can. If you're a lawyer, be the best lawyer you can. 
If you're a custodian in the school, be the best custodian you can be. Because you will reach people that I can never reach. God has entrusted you with a circle of influence. That's your circle of influence. That's your responsibility, mm -hmm. not my responsibility. And when we take up our responsibility, knowing that God has gifted you, that he's given you the talents, he's given you the heart, if we just do what he has given to us, I promise you we will see a wall being built. Right. We will see how we really go out and make disciples, as God told us. I want to ask Elizabeth and Jonathan, can we sing that last song again? I, I just thought it fits so well with today. And I have two invitations for you. The first invitation is for you to become all God intended you to be. <coughs> to become the purpose He had in mind when He created you. To say, Lord, I want to sign up for my assignment. I want to sign up for, for this piece in front of me. For, for the wall that you've given me, I want to focus on it. I want to be responsible with it. I want to love my brothers and my sisters to my left and to my right, realizing that even if they are different, we are still one body. You are the head, but help me to become and be that exact person. And then the second invitation might be for people in this room today or watching online that says, I'm not even part of that. It's great to be part of something big, but, but I'm on the outskirts. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not part of this body. Then I want to invite you this morning and say, when God created heaven and earth, He created a place for you. And that's why you will never find fulfillment in anything else outside of, of what He created you for. And that there's an invitation this morning for you to step into the family of God, to become part of the body of Christ. And when you're in, our prayer is, Lord, light a fire. Lord, light a fire for us to, to become and to be what you intended for us to be. So I'm going to pray over you. We'll sing this song and then I'll give it back to John. Father, this morning I want to pray specifically. Let's start with people that say, I'm, I'm not even part of that. I don't feel I'm part of a community. I feel ostracized. I feel on the sides. I feel alone. I don't feel I have purpose. I have no fulfillment. And they're seeking for that in all other places except the place that you already created for them. Lord, so we call back unto this body those which you have created that's not here at the moment. Lord, for those to just step in and say, I want to be part of the plan of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that this is an easy prayer, that you forgive us, that there's nothing we can do that's going to keep us away from coming to you. So any person online at this moment or in this room that's far away from you, doesn't feel part of the body of Christ, I pray that they would make the commitment this morning to, to go and see somebody, to make a phone call say, I want to be part of what Jesus has in store for you. And Lord, then I want to pray for, for other people in this room that, that want to raise their hands this morning and say, Lord, I want to sign up for my assignment. I realize that the picture will not be full if I don't take up the portion that you have in store for me. That I don't want to neglect my piece of this wall because I want to be found faithful. Lord, our desire is that when we get to heaven, that you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I speak that over every person in this room this morning. 
Lord, help us to be found faithful. So help us to recognize the peace and the place that you have for us. And Lord, we want to sign up to say we'll do it well. Because you're coming back. And we're looking forward to that day when we can see and meet you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up together. We're going to sing this song again. And I really want to encourage us to make it our prayer to the Lord. So whatever you have to do to focus back in, either open your hands or close your eyes, reach up to the Lord. This is our prayer to him, that he would come and that he would set us on fire. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, fill us with fire. And love for the world. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, send us with
sense maybe there are some of you struggling with really me a call on mission with God like the God of the universe wants to partner with me don't forget to whom Jesus served communion one who would moments later betray him and another who disowned Jesus knows who each and every one of us are. And the good news is that Jesus is the one curating the guest list, not you or me. So let's prepare our hearts. I'm going to pray a prayer of confession. And then I want us to come in full confidence that Jesus bids us come. Jesus invites us to this table. And Jesus wants to be on mission with each and every one of us. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, in word, and in deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Now, church, hear that the Lord extends his mercy and his grace, and the Lord forgives each and every one of your sins. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would bless these elements and that you would do what only you can do and make them more than simple bread and cup, but somehow mysteriously make them the presence of Christ to us for the nourishment of our bodies and our souls. Come to the table of the Lord. You can enter or exit out the left side of your row. Come forward, receive the elements, and they will say to you, the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, and then go back to your seats and we will partake together.
we are almost done receiving, but I want to remind you all that immediately following service, our communion attendants will stay in position, and they're positioned here to minister in prayer. So any of you in this place that would like prayer for anything seemingly large or small, come forward to one of our four stations of communion attendants, and they would love to pray with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I have also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us receive together the broken body of Christ. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us receive together the shed blood of Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God for these good gifts. Well, let us celebrate these good gifts by reminding ourselves and one another that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Let's sing together. Praise God from Thank you, Pastor Melton, for being with us and for speaking the word of the Lord to us. Church, yeah. it was good to be together in the presence of the Lord today. Go in the peace of Christ on mission with him and the power of the Spirit. You're dismissed.